So this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we've got a wild and wacky session for you. First off, we're going to hear from Andrew Orr from the Mac Observer. I think it's the first time he's been on the show. And a little bit later, we're going to introduce Brett Johnson, who used to be the United States' most wanted cyber criminal and was created the forerunner of the dark web, he says. Fascinating and more... I'm the Tech Night Alive. Andrew, welcome to the show. Imagine, though, having a guest coming on soon who was partly responsible for the dark web. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the stuff that you're doing over at Mac Observer. And I see you've got a lot of articles here. They've been keeping yeah, you busy. I, yeah, I'm very busy. I'm, right now, I'm writing eight articles a day. Eight articles a day. Wait mm-hmm. till they give you, make you write 20. It'll be really interesting. Seriously, I want to talk to you about oh, yeah. some of the stories here. I guess about security, because we're having Brett Johnson on later and talking about security here. So I'm trying to get into this here with regard to Facebook. And it says Facebook documents to show how it preyed on kids. Mm-hmm. What, what are they doing? Yeah. So I guess there was a, a judge somewhere recently ruled to have this, these secret Facebook documents uh, made to the public. It was concerning the lawsuit that happened back in 2012 when this kid um, racked up a lot of in-game charges on his mom's credit card, and he didn't know it was real money. He thought it was just you know fake virtual money, and the mom contacted Facebook and asked, like, hey, can I get a refund? Because the way this game was created, it was kind of misleading. And Facebook refused to give a refund. And so the mom sued them. And here we are. And so eventually those documents will be released. So what is it with Facebook? I mean, they think they own the world or something? Apparently. I mean, they've been in a lot of hot water recently as we start to learn more and more about what's going on inside. In my opinion, they don't sound like a very ethical company. Well, I think it's because they're just putting their partners ahead of everybody else. Yeah. So we have no choice there. They put their partners ahead of everybody else. They do not, and this is kind of interesting, they don't actually sell your data they share it. Yeah. So a popular, a popular thing to say with them is that Facebook users are the product rather than the customer, and the real customer for them is the advertisers. Exactly, exactly. Because they're busy, they're just like Google. 
selling the customers, the, the users they have to advertisers, and that's how they depend on income. And the yeah. question is here, once you hear about this and realize the extent of the damage, I sometimes wonder why people aren't just complaining loudly. Yeah, I think more and more people are. I've been seeing a lot of that in the news. Um, I actually recently wrote something similar where um, I guess a lot of people, a lot of Facebook users, they didn't realize that Facebook, may, uh, they categorized users into certain categories like based on their interests and this is completely for ad purposes and i think the survey said 71 percent like had no idea this was going on this is true i think with most people they sign up with a place like facebook or twitter and they take the default preferences but that's common with any kind of device or service people use they don't have the time to be annoyed with that, or maybe they don't understand that they could change things. And then Facebook is yeah. always changing its privacy settings, supposedly yeah. to make it easier, and all they do is make it more complicated. They have the worst preferences I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it's awful. And, you know, like you said, no one, even if someone did take the time to read the user agreement, it's written in a way that the average person wouldn't be able to understand it. I wonder if the lawyers can understand it. I do recall when Mark Zuckerberg appeared before the U.S. Congress, and Congress really fell down the job. Nobody there really knew anything about what Facebook does, about the online world, about social networking. It's as if they lived in a bubble. Mm -hmm. So when Facebook goes ahead to tell them something, they just ask the question again. Or they don't know how to follow up. And then Zuckerberg often said, well, we'll get back to you with the answer. I'll have my team get back to you with the answer. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. Uh-huh. And I wonder here, how often did anybody ever get back to Congress with those answers? Yeah, I mean, my guess is probably they didn't. <laughs> so it's, I mean... It's kind of scary that a lot of people in Congress, they don't really understand technology very well. But I think that also goes in the opposite, opposite direction, where maybe not many in the tech world really understand politics. So I'm hoping eventually maybe they can meet somewhere in the middle and there can be greater understanding on both sides. It depends on how serious Facebook is about cleaning up its act. As long as money is involved, they're not going to be serious. They'll just do what they have to do to earn a living. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's their entire business model. So I think that in order for Facebook for change, something big has to be done regarding their, you know, sources of money before something can be done about that. Well, part of it may be forcing governments to enhance privacy requirements or improve disclosure or force a company to make similar preferences. You don't want them to do that. But sometimes you have a government regulation in any country, and I figure the European Union might act faster, as they have done against Google. They bring about these rules because the companies 
abuse the privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know not many people like regulations, but in this area, I'm personally in support of it. I I think that what we have with the European GDPR, those rules, I think they're pretty helpful for consumers. And I'm hoping that eventually we'll get some, uh, something similar in America where we have, you know, a bit more protection against these big corporations. Again, this is the climate the government right now wants to eliminate regulations without regard, of course, to whether those regulations is just red tape or protects people from abuses. And this is obviously a big Mm -hmm. problem and it never gets resolved. Speaking of privacy, let me just tell you something here. The other day, I had a phone number for a number of years, mobile phone number. And finally, I couldn't take it anymore. I was getting so many telemarketing calls. I just had to change the number. Change the number. Then I ran into a situation, it's not super critical, where my one of my Apple IDs, not one that has devices or services, I just use it as an, a Mac.com or an iCloud.com email address. And it required two-step verification. So when I log in, it would ask to connect, to send an SMS to that phone number that no longer exists. All right. Oh, you may know where I'm getting to here, folks. I called Apple. What can you do about it? We'll have the answer in the next segment. Andrew Orr, joining us from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 76280. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 76280. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call, 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, Andrew Orr from the Mac Observer making his first appearance. Finish the story here. I took it up as high as you could with an apple, but their posture is they can't recover that account unless you have a recovery code or you have the phone number to get that second step of verification. There's nothing they could do. That's it. I realize this is a part of protecting you from someone who might get a hold of your account there's no back door obviously law enforcement authorities have complained about this but there's nothing they could do because that's the way they set things up you can't get into that account if you lose the verification code the ability to receive the verification code or get a recovery key recovery key yeah supposedly they generate one and when you set it up to step verification you should make a copy of the recovery key i also asked apple what if somebody hacks your account gets in there can you recover your account no what do you think yeah um it is kind of scary about how you know there are some services and i've run into them too where you can't sign up without a phone number I mean, um, for a lot of accounts, I think it uses an email address. But for the phone number, well, you you might not want to be giving away your phone number to these companies that 
it may eventually end up in some data breach somewhere. I write a lot about that too. A lot of these data breaches that are happening. So it's it's kind of like a a lose lose situation in some cases. I think. I would hope here you'd have another way of making that second step, not a phone number. Because what if I don't use a full-time cell phone? I buy prepaid wireless. I buy them as I need them. I have a regular landline. And I know people who still don't have cell phones, believe it or not. I have a landline. How do I get that second step of verification if I have a landline and they can't text me. Well, obviously, a second email address would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, so you could have a couple of different email addresses. I mean, it, it is tough if you just have a landline. Um, if you have a, a smartphone, there are um, more tools that you can use. For example, you could some accounts let you do what is called two-factor authentication which gives you that second factor that you can do. So maybe instead of your phone number, you can have this special app that will create a code. And the code changes every 30 seconds to keep it more secure. So when you try to log in, it'll ask you for that code. And then you have the app, you type the code in, and boom, there you are. I used to have a bank account like that. They gave you a secure card. And that card would have random generated numbers. But you had to keep the card if you lose the card. Well, they could still recover the account for you. You wouldn't lose access to the account. You couldn't get in online, but the bank would still be able to get you back to your account. Here, Apple leaves it that there's no way ever for the rest of your life to get into that account unless I can somehow get the phone company to recover it. Yeah, I've heard a um, a lot of other stories from people, too, that say kind of the same thing if they forget their password and you know you sometimes apple can recover it and sometimes they can't i think maybe if you have icloud backup on then they might be able to find a way to recover it but i think then again you would need maybe a second email address for them to send a maybe a temporary password to it i think apple needs to revise this because In this case, not much is lost because I have the email on other devices and I can change the email address and still gather the email that I got up until that point. So I didn't lose anything. But what if all my Apple devices, all of my Apple services were on that email account? What would I do then? Well, at that point, if I think, let's see, I'm trying to think. I mean, if you have multiple Apple devices, Apple has uh, introduced the security feature where if you're trying to log into um, something on one uh, device, you'll get a notification on the second Apple device that says that basically does the same thing. It will generate a code. It will tell you the location of the other device, and you type in that code. I know that I have to do that if I'm trying to log into the Apple ID website. So if you have multiple Apple devices, maybe that would give you a little extra leeway. Well, fortunately, the email address is not an iCloud account under which I have my Apple ID. So I have full control. 
because I run the email server over how it's oriented. I think that's a big argument not to use Apple's email because I can set up a second step of verification any way I please. Yeah, that's what I do too. I use um, the Apple email for my Apple ID in only certain circumstances, but for everything else, for all of my online accounts, I use a different email, which I think is a, a better. So, you know, all your eggs are in basket in one basket as the saying goes. I also think Apple should have another out for a customer. And that is, all right, what if you provide proof of who you are? Because they know who you are. They know who owns that account. What if you give them your birth certificate, your passport, your picture ID, credit card, health insurance card, whatever? Something that any government agency would accept as proof of who you are. But Apple won't take that either. Yeah, I think that might be a good idea. Like maybe give them your driver's license or some other form of ID. Now, I'm sure that would open up a whole other host of privacy things that they would be worried about. But I think that would all, you know, it might be a good thing. As you said, for people who may not have a smartphone and they only have a landline, you know, most everyone has some form of government ID. So maybe that could be useful and maybe that's something Apple could do in the future. I guess we'll all have to write to Tim Cook and say, this is what happened. What are you going to do about it? You know, I saw an article that you put up the other day. And it interested me because we have the MacBook Pro with a touch bar. And we know when Apple introduced that MacBook Pro, a lot of people complained. First, that the price was, what, $300 higher? And then this touch bar, well, all right, I'd rather have the function keys. Because function keys can be programmable, too. Maybe it wouldn't give you the visual indication. But function keys are programmable. Why do I have to look down? I'm a touch typist. I rarely look down at my keyboard. So now, of course, they're doing something that's against the grain for me, if not for other people. So Andrew wrote an article about touch bar apps. Any really interesting ones? We'll hear from that in a moment on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You may need this herbal tea for relief right away, so write this down. D-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-S-Clinic.com. If you take meds, then suffer stomach distress, constipation, indigestion, acid reflux, and bloating, and nothing else helps, get Dr. Miller's Holy Tea or Super Holy Tea, a cleansing, detoxifying herbal tea, now available at great rates direct from Dr. Miller's office. Call or click 888-660-7039 or D-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-S-Clinic.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump has put forward the points on which he'll deal to end the shutdown. Border security, DACA, TPS, and many other things. Straightforward, fair, reasonable, and common sense with lots of compromise. He says if he gets the $5.7 billion he wants for a border wall or fence, then... The crime rate and drug problem in our country would be quickly and greatly reduced. However, government agencies have previously said drugs are mostly smuggled through legal points of entry. Democrats maintain they're willing to spend billions of dollars on technology that would prevent smuggling through checkpoints, and they want a permanent solution for the DACA program. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell calls the proposal a fair compromise. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money! 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 Money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call LendingTree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business. So you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call LendingTree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. That's 800-634-1315. NMLS number 1136. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? Ninety-two thousand dollars. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 live with gene steinberg it's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next Andrew Orr, the Mac Observer. Touch Bar apps. How many of them are there? Well, right now, I don't think there's a lot. But, uh, yeah, I linked to this article um, where someone wrote up a list of some apps that do use the, the Touch Bar. You know, there are apps like Google Chrome. They use that. Um, Adobe Photoshop also makes use of the Touch Bar. Because what the bar is, if people don't know, it's this 
um, like a, a touch screen, a very thin touch screen at the top of the keyboard. And since it's a screen, it can be changed and you, a program can put different buttons on there depending on what you're doing. So I think it is helpful in certain uh, situations, but right now it's, I don't think a lot of developers like it. So it's not really widespread. I kind of think you have someone like Microsoft or Adobe putting a touch bar in because Apple worked with them to do it. It was good marketing. Yeah, I think the only way that the touch bar is going to get wider traction is if we start seeing it in more places. Because right now, there's only one MacBook Pro model that supports it. So it's kind of a niche feature. And evidently, it's not cheap to implement. Because otherwise, why charge so much extra for that product? Yeah, um, like you said, I think the Touch Bar MacBook Pro is about two or three hundred dollars more expensive. But luckily, they do sell uh, MacBook Pros without the Touch Bar, so customers still have some options there. I wanted to bring this up, Apple, and that announcement—the warning that their earnings would be what five billion dollars below the guidance. Yeah. Obviously, there's been a lot of reaction that isn't too friendly towards Apple. It's been years since Apple reported lower revenue for a quarter. So, why are they making it such a serious issue? It happens. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people are making it. I think what's really going on is maybe it's a symptom of a bigger problem. I mean, we've seen in the news that China might be going through a recession. We don't know how long that's going to take. And China is, Apple is trying to make China a bigger market. And we've also reached what is called peak smartphone, where everyone has a smartphone nowadays. So it's, and the smartphone is Apple's best selling product. So they're trying to differentiate more. And so Tim Cook is saying, they're putting a lot more focus on services, which is a hard market to get into, I think. But I think if they can pull it off, it would be another good sort of a backup source of revenue. Speaking of which, is a story at Apple Insider that Apple assembler Foxconn cuts 50,000 seasonal workers ahead of schedule. Now, it's hard to say anything that comes from supply chain news is accurate but is that also an indication of apple's issues here or is it the fact that also other companies use foxconn to build smartphones yeah i saw that article too i didn't read too much into it but from what it sounds like those workers were already seasonal and so they had temporary contracts now them getting laid off early might be you know, that might be a bit weird to outsiders, or maybe it's not really a big deal if you have all that insider perspective that they do. So I don't really have too much of a comment on that, I guess. Other than services, do you think there are other things Apple might be able to do to make itself more friendly to Wall Street? To yeah, um, I've heard Tim Cook say that in a lot of interviews where 
the the company tries to focus more on the long term rather than the short term investors on Wall Street. Now, what maybe besides services, I think a lot of people are saying they should put a lot more focus back into the Mac. So maybe sometime this year, rumors are saying that they're going to release a, a new and improved Mac Pro, which is, as the name suggests, it's aimed at the pro market, and it's going to be probably a very expensive product. So we, we're at peak iPhone. Maybe Apple can focus on some of its other hardware products as well. Well, of course, we all heard from Apple that they're going to deliver a brand new version of the Mac Pro. I guess we shouldn't be surprised that will really happen. Now, I had an interesting conversation or two with your editor, Brian Chaffin, and his theory is that the reason it's taking so long to get a Mac Pro out is because Apple wants to make it the first model introducing A-series processors. And for those listeners wondering what the heck I'm talking about, as you know, Apple uses ARM-based processors that are customized to the A-series. They perform very well on iPhones and on iPads. And Apple has been saying in recent years, especially this past year, that it's as fast as 92% of the notebooks sold in the past year. 92%. So imagine if Apple switched from Intel to its own ARM-based processors. What do you think? Yeah, I can see that. Um, Apple is trying to lessen its independence on other companies like Intel. And we've seen some of their chips recently in products like the iPad Pro, where it's a very powerful chip. And there are some rumors that suggest maybe they're going to try to put those chips in the Macs too. So I think uh, what Brian was saying, I think he has a good point. Maybe that was one of the reasons why it took so long. I guess we're going to have to see what happens there. You know, I'm kind of have mixed feelings about that. I understand Apple wants control, and it's very important for them to do something like that. And part of the reason is that Apple has confronted the fact that Intel has not been able to deliver the chips with the smaller dies, the chips that they promise as fast as they used to be able to do it. They're having more and more difficulties fabricating the smaller sizes. So if Apple has an alternative, they can go to it. The thing that bothers me is how do you handle Intel emulation? At what performance level? Because remember, they're going to be mostly 99.9% Intel apps for a few years. You've got the virtual machine. You've got boot camp. Apple's going to have to deal with that. Yeah. So hopefully they will provide some sort of uh, tools or other things for developers to make the transition a bit easier because they, they did the same thing in the past. I forget what year this was, but they ended up putting out the special Mac. I think it was called the Developer Transition Kit. So maybe they will have to do something similar again if they move to their own chips. Well, maybe the ability to make Mac OS apps of iOS apps is like a way station. Otherwise, I don't see the benefit. Now, let me tell you all about the best way to support the Tech Night Out Live. 
This is the way that also gets you a version of the show free of the network ads. Now, I don't mind the ads, but some people do. They fast forward through them. So if they're fast forwarding through them, the ads have no value to them. We have set up a way to support the show and get rid of those ads. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus.technightowl.com. Prices start just $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month. We also have five-year plans, lifetime plans. We want to give you the best way to hear the show. We've got more to come with Andrew Orr of Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we continue with the show. Andrew Orr making his first appearance. By the way, his internet connection is a little spotty. He lives in one of those residences where they give you Wi-Fi access. I used to live in a place like that. And performance was not always so great. Worse, there was nothing you can do about it. Oh, well. Anyway, let's, let's continue with this here. I'm, as I say, have mixed feelings about whether Apple will make the switch. I think eventually they will. And right now, the fact that they are using the systems on a chip for low-level functions is step number one. The fact that they'll allow you to take iOS apps and make them run on the Mac is step number two. Why else do it? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, we've also seen uh, recently, last year at WWDC, they announced this thing called um I think the rumor was called Marzipan. I don't think I don't know if that's the actual name, but they're trying to make it easier for developers to port uh, iOS apps onto Mac. And so I think that probably also has to do with this uh, chip that they're doing. And there's also rumor that maybe they'll make a, a Mac running an ARM processor, which is a, a whole other type of uh, chip architecture. I guess we're going to have to see how that works out. All these rumors, who knows, who knows. You have an article at Mac Observer, the Apple TV Guide. You've been keeping track over there at Mac Observer of the rumored or actual shows Apple is producing. And just the other day, they talked about another sci-fi drama. They also have rumors now that Apple may be in the running to buy Bad Robot. What's Bad Robot? That's a production company set up by J.J. Abrams. Okay? I remember 
in the early days, you have a show like Alias, produced by J.J. Abrams, and you'd even hear the voice, Ban Robot. I'm not saying it the right way. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I've been keeping this list. It's the Apple TV guide that I called it. And, yeah, um, they do have some recent sci-fi programs coming to it. And, um, yeah, J.J. Abrams is one of the people that will do it. So I'm sure that will end up being a good show. Well, right now, I guess the question is, how is Apple going to distribute these shows? But isn't it interesting what's happened lately here? I'd like to get your opinion. Apple is licensing AirPlay 2 to major TV makers. So you'll be able to cast or stream your content from Macs, iPads, iPhones to your TV sets. Is that a way, in a sense, to bypass Apple TV and still get the services? Yeah, that that was my thought, too. I think trying to put that on more platforms is probably part of, you know, Apple's, we want to focus a lot more on services idea now. So, yeah, they're putting AirPlay 2 on uh, a lot of smart TVs. And that also comes with um, this special app. I think they call it Apple. It's called iTunes Movies and Shows. And I think that's good. I think if they're on other platforms, that means more customers for them. So I think that's a pretty positive thing. You also notice that more and more services are offering an Apple TV as part of the package. Remember when they had DirecTV Now? In the initial introduction to DirecTV Now, what did they offer? They offered an Apple TV free if you prepay three months. Some of the other cable providers are doing this. Apple is working to get those Apple TVs out there. And for places where they won't happen, they get AirPlay too. So it's Sony, it's Vizio, but not, was it TCL who does Roku? Yeah, um, I'm not sure about Roku. I think they probably also have similar deals too. Um, One thing that I, I think I wrote about this before is in other countries too i think last year some uh, provider in france also made the apple tv as part of one of their packages so i mean that's definitely good for apple well when you look at it this way the apple tv is overpriced only somebody who's interested in apple products and services would want one but if apple's services are available on more devices, it makes a logical case for more Apple TV sales. Or at the very minimum, Apple gets more people into the ecosystem. They're watching iTunes movies. They're joining Apple Music. A bigger audience for these TV shows. Yeah, I think that's probably part of Apple's strategy. You mentioned Apple Music. Uh, They made that available on Android now. And I think with their video service, I don't know if it will be fully on other platforms aside from the app that I I mentioned, but I think that's part of Apple's strategy where they give people a taste of kind of what the ecosystem offers and try to tempt them over to start using Apple products. So it may be successful for them. We'll have to see, I guess. Well, remember, a lot of these TV sets are offering Google already. Like Vizio has a deal with Google 
where they have a SmartCast app, which is basically the Google TV services, and it's built into their TV sets. So having AirPlay, giving Apple a presence, hey. And, you know, there was an article the other day from somebody, and I wanted to bring it up with you because you know what I'm talking about. They said, isn't it new that Apple is going to be allowing other platforms to do this? Well, of course, Apple Music's already available on other platforms. And the fact is, if you go back to the early days of iTunes, iTunes for Windows is what cemented the iPod as the fastest-selling digital music player. Not just on a Mac, but as soon as it went to Windows. That made the difference, right? Yeah, that was a pretty big move for Apple. And I don't think a lot of people really saw that coming. But, I mean, Windows, back then, Windows was the most popular. It it still is. So I think it was good for Apple to do that. Because, like you said, I think that was the thing that really made the iPod popular. So maybe Apple will try to do something similar where they can use software and services to boost sales of their hardware. And at the end of the day, heck, if they don't sell any more hardware, but they make a lot more money from services, it's still money. That's what Wall Street has to realize. Apple may sell $5 billion less gear for the past quarter as their first fiscal quarter, but their profits are pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, I think on iPhones, a number that I heard was Apple has a 40% markup on that. So they they do make a lot of profit. I think uh, the typical iPhone usually costs like anywhere from two to $400 to make, and they mark that up high and make some good profits. So I think Apple is still a successful company, and I don't, I don't really uh, agree with, you know, all of these Apple is doomed people that are saying that. I think they still have a lot of room for money. As I said, money is money. It shouldn't matter. I saw an article over there at Mac Observer. You've written a lot. Some guidelines on how to spot bad science. Is that like teaching evolution and was it? and creation science, quote-unquote, in schools. How do you well, spot bad um, science? Yeah, so this was, we talked about this on our uh, podcast show over at the Mac Observer, and I had written this uh, editorial about the links to Wi-Fi and cancer, and most of the science says that it doesn't cause cancer, and it's not even the right type of radiation to cause it like it doesn't have enough energy and i've been getting a lot of people commenting and tweeting at me saying that i'm wrong and they are sending me these links to these other news articles and these scientific studies that disagree and say that it does well it's fine if you disagree but today i wrote a a follow-up on how to spot bad science and some flags to watch out for because we talked about this and we said, uh, you know, a scientific study shouldn't really be taken on its own. It should be interpreted in the greater context of that field. So you should be looking at all of these other scientific studies to try to get a feel for what they're saying. I'm going to break it. I got to break it for the next segment. Then we'll go into it. More to come with Andrew Orr. 
I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Andrew Orr was making a point here about the bad science question. Go ahead, please. Yeah, so I, I shared a link to this guide about some red flags to watch out for. So you have to try to figure out, and it's hard to try to figure this out because scientists are trained to do this Well, everyone else isn't, so it's really hard. But this guide gives a list of 12 things to try to watch out for. So maybe you have to watch out for headlines that are sensationalized, and maybe they have a lot of emotion and they use certain words. Well, that's kind of weird. So that could be a red flag. And then maybe if a science uh, science study doesn't use what's called blind testing, because that's a special way to verify the results. And then another thing to watch out for is, well, what if there's a conflict of interest? What if, say, a company hires the scientists to do a study, but then the company is has some product or other thing in that field? So 
the results might be biased. And so there's a lot of different things to watch out for, and it's really hard to do, but I thought it was good to share that because not to, you know, sound too negative to people, but if you send me, uh, you know, these news articles, I mean, like I said, that's okay, but there's a lot more effort that goes on to research than what you can find on Google. But remember, you can't just write a book or do research by Google. We had somebody on the other show, the Paracast, where he did all of his research on Google, but Google doesn't vet anything. It's just one big box of stuff or a pail of stuff or a carton of stuff. And you have to figure out what's good and what's bad. Yeah, me and my colleagues were talking about that that as well, where you have to look for these, because, I mean, the media is partially at fault. I'm part of the media, so I take responsibility where sometimes we write articles in a way that we just want people to read them. You know, some companies, uh, some uh, media outlets do clickbait and I try to write my articles in a very unbiased way as much as I can. So you have to look out for the, these reporters and bloggers that have a good track record of reporting the truth. And if, if you come across an article that sounds crazy, well, maybe you can take a look at what this person has written before. And if all of their articles are like that, then you can say, well, maybe this isn't a person I should be reading if I want truth part of it is we're all in a bubble we live in the cable tv news bubble and that makes things all the more confusing because we're stuck with maybe one network has one opinion they watch the one opinion and the one source they live in a bubble another group of Mm -hmm. people watch the other source you know who they are and lives in a bubble and they can't see where the facts are and where the opinion ends. So that gets to be all the more confusing. I want to talk to you here about something that I've mentioned on the show many times about the iPad. Now, my wife has an iPad. She relies on it. She doesn't like iPhones because they're too small for her. She likes a nice big screen. And when it comes to something like one of these Plus or 10S Max or 10R, they're too big for her, and she has these small purses, so those are too small um, for the product. The thing about iPad is I've tried to use it as a productivity device. I can't. Part of it is the keyboard. What do you think? Yeah, um, that's something that I'd like to be able to do as well. I bought an iPad Pro, and I need to get a good keyboard for it, but once that happens, I would like to try to use that as my main device instead of my MacBook. Now, right now, iOS really is a bit too simple if you really want to use it similar to how you use a Mac. But rumor is, you know, Apple is always, our world is always full of rumors, but what what we think was supposed to happen was iOS 12 was originally going to completely change it and make some big iPad-focused changes. But then they decided they're going to make iOS 12 be more stable so it can work on all these old devices. 
And so the rumor is that iOS 13, they pushed all those changes to that. And so we're hoping that the next version, iOS 13, that will be another iPad focus event. So hopefully it will make the idea of using the iPad as your computer a bit more easy to do. Well, part of the thing we see now with most keyboards are terrible. I'll be honest about that. Most keyboards I've tried for the iPad, they don't feel like keyboards. I mean, you can take any Bluetooth keyboard and pair it with an iPad, but you want something that, you know, fits within its size. The other thing is here, the mousing or navigation. You still got the touch screen up there. You know, you there's no keyboard that would have like a little trackball or trackpad or something because Apple hasn't programmed for that. Yeah, so that's another thing that might come in iOS iOS 13 because some people want to be able to use the mouse with it. I'm I'm personally satisfied with just using the touch screen, but I think if they did add mouse support, that would make it a bit more flexible. Well, it depends on what Apple wants to do. Then again, they also have to adjust the sandboxing in iOS to allow for different types of apps. Like, for example, as listeners know, we use Audio Hijack, as many people do, for recording a radio show, podcast, whatever. So, in this case, we have Audio Hijack capturing my microphone or mic mixer and the Skype connection putting it into one feed or separate tracks, whatever you want. Now, that requires a lot of inter-application communication, trading data back and forth to accomplish this miracle. But you can't do that on iPad. Yeah, um, the way apps are sandboxed, I think that's more of a security concern. So I'm not sure if they would change that. But maybe they they could still add some other way for these apps to do things in the background, like it, it happens on the Mac. You can have multiple apps doing things. And so I think maybe they will add that to the iOS 13, hopefully, I think. It should only happen. It should only happen. Now, I want to bring up just a couple of other things before we let you go. And that's actually something that was run the other day. I don't know if you read it, you didn't write it. Facebook to introduce stricter rules in countries holding elections this year. Have you heard about that? Um, actually, I haven't. All right, we'll have to get Charlotte over to do it. But MasterCard plans to stop free trials that keep billing you. Now, you are familiar with this. You sign up for a service. It's free. And this happens very often with those places that promise free credit reports in the U.S. You sign up and you give them a credit card. Maybe they'll charge you a dollar. And then there's a fine print. If you don't cancel within 15 days or 30 days, you will join their credit monitoring service for, say, $29.99. Like a negative option sales, almost. It's almost like the old days where they'd send you a book or a record. Unless you said, don't send it. Otherwise, you get it automatically and you get billed for it. Here, they charge you for the product or service if you forget to cancel. And then you have to go through all this stuff 
in order to get your money back. Because even if they give you your money back by credit card, it still takes, what, five business days for it to happen. So explain what's going on with MasterCard. we got more to come. With Andrew Orr, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 76280. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 76280. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... 
Take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. On the Tech Night Owl Live, I brought up the question with regard to this article Andrew Orr wrote for Mac Observer, and it's about MasterCard will stop free trials that keep billing you. Tell me more. Yeah, so MasterCard put out this new set of rules that would make it harder for companies to keep billing you after your free trial ends. So under the new rules, if you sign up for a free trial, the the company would have to periodically email you or text you with your your monthly payment details, and they also have to give you in like easy instructions on how to unsubscribe. But a website after I wrote this article, another website reached out to me, and they said that this actually only applies to physical subscriptions instead of online subscriptions. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty disappointing. But, I mean, I think it's still a good move overall. It's kind of annoying anyway, this negative option sales, saying that you got to pay unless you cancel. And I guess anything that moves us towards that direction. And remember, it also applies even if you have a service through Apple, because there's still a lot of services that come as in-app purchases where there may be monthly or annual renewals. And the same thing, you got to cancel. But then you have to fight with Apple. Yeah, Apple does give you a way to see all of the app subscriptions that you have. You can go into your account settings in the App Store app. I personally like that. It's a really handy way. It's easy to subscribe and it's easy to unsubscribe. Um, there has been some recent news that uh, some companies like Netflix, they're removing the option for people to be able to sign up for a subscription in their app. So you have to go all the way to your web browser in order to do that because Apple takes a 30% cut out of these subscriptions. So there's this big argument going on about whether Apple should do that, whether they should charge less or maybe not at all. And I, I get wire Netflix is coming from because their business they don't want to lose money to Apple but at the same time I think that's a good way for us people to keep track of all our subscriptions it's a lot easier if all of them are listed in one place and by the way at the same time 
Netflix is increasing its prices. Maybe they will not have to give Apple 30%, but they're going to require you subscribe on their site, and then they'll still charge you more money for the service. Yeah, I think the the, the standard plan, which was previously like $11, I think, now it's going to be $13, and their other plans have changed as well. So it's not really a good uh, consumer move, I don't think. But at the same time, personally, I would still pay for Netflix because they don't have advertising and commercials. So I think that's good for, you know, for my own entertainment watching. Now, just remember here, Netflix has a 4K service, but you have to subscribe to the most expensive tier, which supports several devices. I think that goes up to $15.99 a month. That's becoming real money. Yeah. And I think part of the reason for that is, of course, they're, they're making more and more original content because other companies that they've partnered with, like Disney, they're pulling out their content and they're trying to create their own streaming services. So I think in a way, Netflix is doing this to try to prepare for that. They have to beef up their own content offerings. But yeah, hopefully they don't increase the price anymore because that that is starting to get a little high. Yes, but why increase your prices if there's more competition? Because already, and there are stories online about this, already people are saying, I'm just going to downgrade, give up the 4K, or leave. Remember, some of the most popular shows, because they're Disney shows, have been canceled, like Daredevil is canceled. It's supposedly one of the most popular shows on Netflix because of the Disney issue. And I guess the contract with Disney, it's canceled. Luke Cage, a great superhero drama, canceled. Iron Fist, maybe not so great, canceled. The Punisher and Jessica Jones, I think, are left. They'll go too. But if they're cutting back content that people like, how are they going to persuade you to pay more money? Yeah, I think right now, Netflix's competition is mainly Hulu and Amazon Prime Video. But once, if we do start seeing more competition, then hopefully Netflix will uh, maybe try to compete more and try to lower prices back down again. Because I think how it started out, where it was just $9.99, I think it was, I think that's the sweet spot for video subscriptions. Yeah, I remember when we were renting DVDs from them. Yeah, it's like dial-up now. You know, with AOL, which is owned now by Verizon, who also owns Yahoo, there are still people who have dial-up. They don't have broadband. Several million. Yeah, I think I've heard that too, that some in some places, Netflix does still sell those DVDs that say hey, use this DVD, sign up for a service, you'll get whatever service they provide. So I think that's another issue where, you know, those people on slower connections, they might not be able to use streaming services like that. Just to think there are people like that. Millions of people in the U.S. do not have broadband and have no way to get broadband. I assume they have cell phone service, you can do it that way. And also... In many places, there are satellite services. 
But satellite services tend to be expensive. They have low bandwidth contracts and stuff like that. And then if you live, you know, in an area where you don't have direct line of sight to a satellite, what do you do? Yeah, unfortunately, there isn't really a whole lot of choices. The last time I read, the FCC was trying to redefine what broadband is. I think they, they, they might even be trying to lower it. So that is, uh, goes into a whole other argument with, you know, net neutrality and what is a reasonable speed for consumers. So I would like to see uh, more ISPs, more competition, because that's good for consumers. The more the better. Andrew Orr, tell our listeners if they want to know more about all that you do, where do they go? Um, If you want to reach out to me, for most people I say just uh, follow me on Twitter. That's where I usually am. My username is Andrew or not. That is A-N-D-R-E-W-O-R-N-O-T. And I usually have the same username for all of my other accounts just to make it easier. So that's the best way to reach me is probably on Twitter. Andrew Orr, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNlife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNlife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump is proposing a new deal to Democrats aimed at getting Congress to pay for a wall along the border with Mexico. He says he's willing to compromise on many points. DACA, TPS, and many other things. Straightforward, fair, reasonable. He says the plan is needed to reduce crime. Criminals, drug smugglers, gangs and traffickers do not stop at our border. They permeate throughout our country and they end up in some places where you'd least expect them. Representative Vicente Gonzalez, a Texas Democrat, says many of the things the president stated are wrong. If you look at FBI statistics, McAllen's is safest, the seventh safest city in America. We had zero murders the year of 2018. We're one of the safest communities in the state and the country, so it's just factually wrong, statistically wrong. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money, 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 money. You gotta have it. 
When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call Lending Tree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business, so you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call Lending Tree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315 That's 800-634-1315 NMLS number 1136 Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache Or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept 8 hours When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Brett Johnson boasts that he used to be, what, the U.S.'s most wanted cyber criminal. Brett, welcome to the Tech Night Owl live. (laughs) What is the path from there to here what is the path from there here well first i wouldn't say that i boast it's just one of those things that that's what i am the path well for me the path started at 10 years old uh, that's when i started breaking the wall i was 10 my sister was nine i come from eastern kentucky eastern kentucky is one of these areas like the panhandle of florida where if you're not lucky enough to have a job you might be involved in scamming or fraud or something like that my mom was like the captain of the entire fraud industry in the, in the city at that point uh, no crime too big or too small from stealing a 108,000-pound Caterpillar D9 bulldozer to taking a slip and fall at the store and, and trying to sue the owner. That was my mom. My dad wasn't like that. Uh, he was the guy that was just, he loved her so much, he was scared to lose her, so he would do whatever she wanted to do. He, he was the enabler of until she finally leaves him. She leaves him and moves us from, we were in Panama City. We moved from Panama City back to Hazard, Kentucky. My mom was an abusive parent. She um not physically, but emotionally, mentally, verbally. She used to leave me and my sister alone for days at a time, and she'd go out and party with men. Um, This one time, she'd been gone for a few days, and I was always the kid that was scared that she wasn't going to come back. Denise was the kid that just got angry. So mom had been gone for a while. We didn't have any food in the house. And Denise, she was nine years old. She walks in the house, and she's got this pack of pork chops with her. And I'm like, where'd you get those? She said, she looks at me, she says, I stole them. I'm like, huh, show me how you did that. 
So she takes me, shows me how she steals food. And I'm like, hey, that's the best idea ever. So we start stealing food from there. We start stealing clothes and games, toys, jewelry, stuff like that. So mom comes home, finds all the ill-gotten loot, asks where it came from. And I told her, I was like, hey, we found it. She's like, no, you didn't find that. Denise, she didn't lie at all. She stands up half proud, half pissed off. We stole it. My mom, she looks at my sister and she was like, huh, show me how you did that. So so mom joins us. Not only does she join us, but she goes and gets her mom to join us as well. We we become kind of like this intergenerational shoplifting ring in eastern Kentucky. We used to take these road trips. They'd go to JCPenney's and steal clothes and jewelry. I'd go to the bookstore and steal books. That's the way things work. That's the first crime I committed uh, right there. And as I got older, I got more and more involved in the types of fraud and, and crime that my mom's side of the family committed until finally I branch off on my own. I fake a car accident to, uh, to claim the insurance money to get married. That was 1994. Use the money to uh, get married and move to Lexington, Kentucky to go to University of Kentucky for theater and English. I've got a full-time job, full class load, doing all the cooking, cleaning. I was, uh, I'm that guy that's always scared that the people I love are going to leave. So I was like, hey, I'll do everything. Well, I couldn't do everything. So something had to give. What gave was the job. Still have to make money. So no idea how, how I was going to do that until one day I, I find eBay. Like what I see there. No idea how to profit by it, but there has to be some way. Later on that week, I'm watching Inside Edition. Bill O'Reilly's on TV. He's talking about Beanie Babies. And they were, and for those who don't know, they were these high-dollar collectibles, uh, little stuffed animals in the mid to late 90s. This one they were profiling was called Peanut Royal Blue Elephant, uh, selling for $1,500. So I was watching the show, show and I was like, hey, I, I need to go out there and get me a peanut. Next day, I skipped class, go around to all the stores looking for him, can't find him because, of course, he's on eBay for $1,500. But they've got these little gray elephants for $8. So I buy a gray elephant for $8, stop by the grocery store on the way home, pick up a pack of blue dye. Go home and try to dye the little guy. Well, it turns out he's made out of polyester. He doesn't hold dye very well. Get him out of the bath. He looks like he's got the mange. But I, I ended up ripping a lady off of $1,500. I, um, I found a, fake, uh, a real picture of one online, posted it. She believed I had the real thing, and she won the bid. I sent her a message saying, hey, I need you to send me a U.S. Postal money order before I send you this item. She did that, so I got $1,500 from her. Uh, that was the first cybercrime I committed. And as I kept going, I got more involved in, in other types of online fraud and crime. I started dealing uh, pirated software, pirated video games. That turned into installing mod chips into cable systems so you could watch all the pay-per-view channels. Finally, in the late 90s, a Canadian judge ruled that it was illegal for a Canadian citizen to pirate satellite DSS signals, those small 18-inch satellite dishes. Since RCA wasn't selling them up there, the judge said, hey, my citizens can pirate the signal. Well, what happened was, as soon as the judge said, said that, it opens up an entire industry in the United States. You can go to Best Buy, buy the system for $100, take it out in the parking lot, pull the card out of the system, throw the rest of the, way, the, rest of the system away in the parking lot, program the card, ship it to Canada, $500 a pop. I started doing that and making a lot of money. Had so many orders, I couldn't fill them all. And I thought to myself, huh, well, why do I need to fill any of them? They're in Canada. I'm down here. What are they going to do about it? So I didn't fill any of the orders, made even more money, so much that I got worried about how much was coming in, figured the best thing that I could do is get a fake driver's license, use that to open up a bank account, launder the money through that. So I was at UK, no idea where to, to find a driver's license at all. So I get online, look around, 
think I find a guy, send him $200, send him my picture, and he rips me off. And I get pissed off. I get so pissed off that the end result was a site called Shadow Crew. Shadow Crew was the precursor to today's darknet markets that laid the foundation for the way modern cybercrime channels operate by today. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested uh, in this here. Shadow Crew go- I'm interested in this here, Brett. So the criminal gets ripped off. Pardon me now? So you get ripped off. Yes. Is that like karma or what? What did you think at the time? Well, I, you know, I, I got to the point. So that was a real, really the first time I was ripped off online. And um, I, I, I got angry about it. I did not. Uh, I thought I'd been, you know, I, I thought I was the victim and got mad. And I mean, I raised mortal hell. Uh, there was no before that site that I built came on, there was no avenue for organized for organized cybercrime. Uh, cybercrime, if you were looking to buy personal information, credit card details, bank logins, anything like that, the only place you had to do that was on, on an IRC chat session, this kind of rolling message board where there was no way to gauge trust or know who you were talking to or anything else. Um, so I started doing that, complaining. Finally, the uh, I met with two other guys that... Uh, were actual cyber criminals as well. One uh, went by the screen name of Mr. X. The other one went by the screen name of Beelzebub. We partnered together and built the first website. The first website was called Counterfeit Library. Um, and basically, that was a site for identity theft. Uh, I, by that point in time, I knew how to rip people off on eBay. I knew how to rip people off using PayPal, things like that. So I would train anyone that wanted to know how to do that. I would train them on how to do that. Uh, we ended up moving over to another website called Shadow Crew. Um, to give you an idea of who who all was on Shadow Crew, the, the different types of members. Uh, one guy, his name was uh, Albert Gonzalez. He was our forum techie. He ends up becoming the largest credit card thief in history. He uh, hit hard Heartland Payment Systems, TJ Maxx, Dave & Buster's, stole 170 million credit card numbers. He ends up, of course, getting caught. He gets two 20-year prison sentences. Uh, Max Butler, he's in the book Kingpin. I'm in that book as well. He stole like 60 million credit card numbers. He gets 13 years in prison. And as a matter of fact, he was in that he's still in prison. He was indicted two weeks ago for more, more credit card charges while in prison. So he's going to get another decade on top of that. Um, there was Dmitry Golubov out of the Ukraine. He's the gentleman who is responsible for modern credit card theft as we know it today. Uh, Roman Vega out of the Ukraine as well. He was, uh, the first person that sold organized dumps, so uh, credit card dumps. If you look at um, the back of your credit or debit card, on the back of that, there's a magnetic stripe. And on that magnetic stripe are three data tracks. First data track is customer's name. Second data track is the card number, an equal sign. Then there's a 16-digit algorithm outside of that. Third data, cra- data track is called indiscriminate data. No one uses it. What's sold illegally is the second data track, because when you swipe a card, or you insert the chip. The only information that's sent to the bank or the processor for verification is that second data track. Back then, those things sold for about $30. Today, they sell for around $30. Brett, so- let's do our break. we got more to come with Brett Johnson. We're talking about his acts of criminality and where they led to. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. This is an interesting tale here because basically you became a career criminal at what, 10 years old? How long did this process go on before somebody stopped you? (laughs) Geez, that was... uh... So my first arrest was, um, I was, was before I found the internet and I was doing uh, telephone work, uh, telemarketing, uh, you know, calls and everything else that quickly turned into telemarketing fraud. Um, I set up my own charity and, um, would call people asking for money. I got caught doing that. I served three months in a uh, county jail for that. Now, once the cybercrime starts, so on the Beanie Baby, I didn't get any uh, any attention on that at all. Law enforcement never did anything at all. And I was doing, I was very, very naive at, the, at that point. I didn't really know anything about staying safe online or what's called operational security today if you're a cyber criminal, how to stay safe and break the law. But as I continued on, I would do things that got law enforcement attention. Like there was one time um, I got a lot of a lot of ideas for watching television. So uh, another show I'm watching, uh, they were profiling uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire baseballs that were being sold on eBay, autographed baseballs. So I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm like, huh, I can autograph some baseballs. Next day I go down to the academy, I buy a case of baseballs, stop by a grocery store on the way home, pick up a black Sharpie marker, go home and start signing their names to them. And I quickly find out, okay, those signatures don't look anything like that. So I'm like, well, need to print off some certificates of authenticity. So I do that, place every one of them on a, and sell them off for $60 a pop. Um, about two weeks later, I get a knock at the door, and um, it was the Fayette County Sheriff's Office, a detective and a sergeant. And they come in, and basically they lambasted me. They're like, hey, you're going to send these people their money back, or we're going to put you in prison. Do you understand? And I'm like, yes, I understand. So I sent back, I learned pretty quick, the only money you had to send back was to the people who were complaining. So I sent the money back to those who complained, pocketed the rest, uh, kept going from there until finally I, I get a skill level that I know how to do things anonymously, know how to hide my tracks, everything else at that point. Um, so with Shadow Crew, me and two other guys started the site. We end up, both those guys end up dropping out. The guy, the, the, excuse me, the guy named Beelzebub, he was in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. He was a pot grower, so he, he goes back to growing pot. He was more interested in that. Uh, Mr. X was out of Los Angeles. He gets picked up in Las Vegas, of all places, running cards and uh, counterfeit checks. So he, he goes to prison on that. So I'm the only guy left. I, I rise to the top of the heap, so I, I control it all. We were at, uh, with Shadow Crew, when it ended, we were at 4,000 members is what we had, and those were global members as well. So Shadow Crew made the front cover of Forbes. August 2004, headline, Who's Stealing Your Identity? October 26, 2004, United States Secret Service arrested 33 people, six countries, six hours. And I was the only guy who got away from that. Well, of course, you got to feel lucky here. Having escaped 
this arrest, what did you do next? <laughs> well, I mean, did you give it up and say, obviously you didn't give it up and say, you know what? I'm lucky. I'm just going to get on with my life. No, obviously not. I was the guy. Um, so I, so I financed my first marriage by faking that car accident. Uh, me and my first wife were married for nine years and I lied to her the entire nine years. The first, it took her three years to figure out what I was doing for a living. Before that, I told her that I was simply an eBay reseller until the cops start showing up. Then she finds out, no, no, this guy's a crook. So after the three-year mark, another six years of me just lying to her, telling her, hey, I'm going to stop. I've stopped. I'm going to quit just a little bit more. It's not as serious as you think, blah, 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 until she finally figures out, okay, this, this SOB is not about to stop. So she leaves me. Um, and I've always had this fear. One of my, one of my big motivators is, is fear of being abandoned. And that comes from my childhood. But uh, so she leaves and that fear becomes real. Even though I, I, I caused it, it becomes real. So I go through this deep depression, get suicidal. And one day I'm like, I've got to do something. I call a psychologist and she tells me to come in right now. So I go in and I, I spill the beans to her. I tell her every single thing I'm doing. She's trying to get me to stop breaking the law and trying to get me to go into real estate of all things. So I, I see her for about four months, and one night I just I get lonely. I get lonely and, and horny, and I had never been to a strip club before. And so I was thirty five, and uh, walk into a strip club, and I'm that idiot that literally he falls in love with the first stripper that he sees. I walk in, she walks by, and I'm like, "That's the one for me." So I started seeing her right before Shadow Crew got popped. Um, Shadow Crew, like I said, it was popped uh, October 26th of 2004. I started seeing Elizabeth in January of 2004. We were engaged by June or July. And I quickly, um, she, I found out after I moved her in my home that she was addicted to coke and all this other stuff. So I put her through rehab. And I get this, this, this crazy idea of, you know, what I'll do in order to keep her mind off drugs is whatever she wants, I'll give to her. Well, I had no idea what that meant. So I, I quickly, I had some U.S. currency stateside, and I quickly went through all those savings. At about the same time I'm starting to go broke on that, Shadow Crew gets popped. So I'm the guy that uh, that started this, this thing called tax return identity theft, uh, stealing someone's identity and filing tax returns. I'm the, I'm the idiot that started that crime. I was um, stealing $160,000 a week some weeks. I got to where I could file a return once every six minutes. Uh, Next, said pocket 160k a week is what I was stealing. Could not do that because when Shadow Crew got popped, that was the end of tax season. So tax season had ended. My my money that I had stolen was all overseas and everything. So I didn't have anything stateside. Couldn't go into credit card theft because again, Shadow Crew had been popped, and there was so much paranoia. You didn't know who was a cop and who was not. So I started running counterfeit cashier's checks, and uh, Shadow Crew gets popped. October 26th, I get picked up February 8th of 2005, uh, three weeks before I was supposed to marry this, uh, Mary Elizabeth. Um, needless to say, that, that relationship falls apart pretty quickly. But the Secret Service, what they did was, is they come in and they give me a job. They, um, they let me sit in the county jail for a week. Two, two agents fly in from New Jersey and ask me, uh, what can you do for us? And my response was, I'll do whatever you want me to do. So they let me sit in the county jail another three months to get a taste of it. Get me out, and um, the night they get me out, I start breaking the law again. And that uh, I worked for the Secret Service for about a year, targeting uh, other cyber criminals, uh, teaching them how cybercrime actually works, the dynamics of it, things like that. And every single day from inside of their offices, I also broke the law. Um, that lasted about a year until they found out. 
They find out, revoke my bond. I was only under state charges at that point. So they revoke the bond, send me back to county jail. The judge reinstates the bond, says they revoked it improperly. So I walk out of the jail. No one calls the Secret Service. I take off on a cross-country crime spree. I pull out $600,000 in about four months. Wake up one morning after I've stolen $167,000 out of an ATM machine the night before. Wake up one morning, sign on to a website called Carter's Market, and there is my name, U.S. Most Wanted, beside of it. So what do I do? I go to Disney World. I was in Las Vegas, and I go to Disney World at that point. Lasted about six weeks in Disney World, Secret Service. They find me using a thing called Triggerfish. Find me, send me to prison, and then I escaped from prison. You stayed how long at Disney World? About six weeks. How? Where? So I got down to, uh, I had a Jeep Cherokee, drove that from Vegas to Orlando, paid cash for a timeshare on Universal Boulevard. Uh, so I paid $9,000 for six months in a timeshare, went down to a furniture store, bought $30,000 worth of furniture, went to an electronics store, bought another thirty k in electronics. And the idea was to set up shop and just wait there six months to a year until the uh, things died down enough so that I could get a passport and bug out down to, um, to Brazil. Of course, when I say I went to Disney world, that's exactly what I meant. Me and I, I went and I bought the, uh, the, the year, the, the annual pass at Walt Disney and at universal studios. And I usually went there every single day for a couple hours, just to kind of relax and chill out for a while. And like I said, that lasted about six weeks. I was rested at the timeshare. Uh, it was September 16th, 2006 was, was my rest day. I was used to uh, builders coming by and knocking and asking if everything was working all right. So one morning I get the, that morning, I get a knock at the door. I go to the people and look out. No one's there. Open the door, step out in the hallway and walking down the hall are two South Carolina secret service agents and an Orlando um, sheriff. They turn around. They're like, Hey, Brett. And I'm like, Hey guys, you want to come in? And they're like, well, let's put you in cuffs first. I'm like, yeah, I kind of thought so. So they walk in and, uh, confiscate everything, send me to jail, and transport me back to South Carolina, which is where I was living and where the charges originated from. Okay, now you have been brought back to South Carolina. What part of South Carolina, by the way? I was living in Charleston. Uh, The Secret Service is located in Columbia, South Carolina, so that's where I was in jail and everything was up in Columbia. We'll talk about what happened then. Brett Johnson, he has a really, really fascinating career. A life of crime, but he's not doing that anymore. Okay? And he's learned his lesson, but we're going to take you through the story and see what happens after he returned to Charleston, South Carolina, and Columbia, South Carolina. I lived in South Carolina years before you were born, probably, Brent. More to come on the Tech Night How Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. So I lived in South Carolina, Brett Johnson, probably before 1970. Ah, okay, gotcha. And I worked, this is interesting, a story here, I'll just be brief about it, where I was working at a radio station, assistant news director, and I broke a story. It just about new appointees to the county, to the county Ah. commission in Charleston. Unfortunately, the county commissioner didn't like me running that story, although somebody else ran it anyway. They complained to the station. And the station fired me. Now, this is ridiculous. I broke a story. They're supposed to do that as a newscaster. And so they fired me then and there, handed me my final check. I talked to the program director. This is WQSN Charleston Country Station, just around 1970 or so. And I said, you'll give me a good reference anyway. I mean, this is kind of dirty pool. And he said, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. And I was out of work until the very last day that my unemployment ran out. They opposed that too, by the way. And the only reason I got a job by then is I realized this program director had been double crossing me behind my back and giving me a bad reference. So I couldn't get the jobs because he was saying things behind my back. I mean, you got to say this is so that's my little experience in Charleston, South Carolina. My memory, my memory isn't so great. So what happened to you? So, so what happens with me? Um, <laughs> so they sent me back to South Carolina. I had promised myself that if they gave me any, any more than 60 months, that I was not going to stay at prison, that I was going to escape. So here's what happens. I was in Orlando 
in Orlando, I met this this meth dealer because all the federal detainees are, are held in one location. So I met this meth guy that was in his late 60s. They called him Yeti, and me and him developed kind of a friendship. And we're talking one day, and he tells me, he's like, hey, you know, uh, the only time you get off in federal prison is with the drug program. And I'm like, Yeti, I don't use drugs. And he was like, you can find a drug problem, can't you? And I'm like, you know, I can find a drug problem. So what happens is, is the way they get you back from someplace like Orlando back to, say, Columbia, South Carolina, where I was going, is they stop at every single county jail they can along the way. It wears the, the inmate down so that by the time you get to your destination, you're tired, you're not a problem, you're compliant, everything else. So I probably, it took two weeks to transport me from Orlando to Columbia, South Carolina. I probably stopped at 12 to 14 county jails along the way. And each county jail I stop at, I tell them, because they do this processing with you, I tell them all that I'm an alcoholic and that I'm on cocaine. Now, the truth is I've never used, I didn't start drinking until I was 35, or 34 rather, but I never used coke or drugs or anything like that. So by the time I get to Columbia, I've got a paper trail of things saying that I have a drug problem. So I had this attorney, uh, he looked exactly like... um, Lando Calrissian, what's his name? Um, ah, geez, I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> Looked exactly like him. He gets up, and the only good thing he did for him, he was a public defender. The only good thing he does is he asks the judge to order a psychological evaluation. Judge agrees. So I'm at the county jail. It's a four-hour evaluation. The psychologist comes in. He pulls me out. He's interviewing me. About halfway through the evaluation, he's like, uh, use any type of drugs? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what do you use? Uh, cocaine. Smoke or snort? Snort. How much do you use? An eight ball a day. And he looks at me. He's like, that's a lot. I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you you have any trouble out of that? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I can't get an erection. And he looks at me and I'm like, is that correct? Now, where I got that was watching Boogie Nights. I figured if it's in that, it had to be right. So he looks at me. He's like, you know, it could happen. Well, that ended up in my pre-sentence report, and that's a pre-sentence report is when you're going to federal prison where you're about to be sentenced, the probation officer and the prosecutor, they sit down, they do an extensive background check on you, detail all your history and everything else, and then calculate how much time you should serve. So that was in my pre-sentence report. The day of sentencing, what happens is, is the prosecutor's there, the Secret Service is there, and the prosecutor is literally screaming. He's like, Mr. Johnson has manipulated the prosecutor, he's manipulated the Secret Service, and he's manipulating you today, Your Honor, and we insist on the upper limits of the guidelines. Judge looks at me, and she was like, I agree, 75 months. I'm like, huh, look at my lawyer, and I'm like, uh, he stands up, Your Honor, will you order the drug program for Mr. Johnson? Judge goes, no, but I'll recommend he gets evaluated for it. So evidently, the Secret Service had told the judge that I was full of crap that I had never used drugs before. I look at my, my lawyer and I'm like, what does that mean evaluated? And he's like, well, you're probably not going to get it. And I'm like, i tell you what, how soon can you get me to the camp? And he's like, if you don't appeal, I get you there pretty quick. And I'm like, you know, screw the appeal, get me to the camp. I'll take it from there. He looks at me like I'm the biggest idiot in the world because he knows exactly what I'm thinking. So six weeks later, I arrive at Ashland, Kentucky. It wasn't supposed to have a fence around it. It's got a 14 foot fence, razor wire on top. I walk in through processing. First question I ask is, hey, man, uh, got any jobs outside of the fence? And he's like, oh, yeah, you can work in the National Forest if you want to. And I'm like, no, I'll die out there. And he's like, well, you could do landscaping. And I'm like, you know, I can run a weed eater. So two two days later, I walk in the landscaping office and the guard who runs landscaping behind his desk, the entire wall 
is this aerial photo blown up of the compound and the outlying areas. So I can sit there and talk to them and plot my escape at the same time. I'm the hardest worker he's got for, for six weeks, taking every detail he wants taken. At the end of six weeks, I make my escape. I had uh, some contacts, drop off some clothing, $4,000 in cash, a phone and a driver's license. And I bug out. Um, I'm out uh, for anywhere from three, I think it's three or four weeks. I was out, I was out on the outside. Meanwhile, the U S marshals, they're uh, canvassing the area. They finally find me, send me back to prison. Um, at this point, they send me to a room. I spent eight months in solitary confinement. And then they send me out to um, West Texas to May as well call it a real prison. That's where I went through three prison riots there. Saw uh, two people literally beaten to death, um, four, four suicides. I mean, it was just a, a, a complete nightmare of a place. Yes, that sounds like a spectacular uh, way to go. This is a movie, by the way. Why don't we have a movie? Well, they and who would play you? Well, I'm not allowed to say that the actor they're looking at uh, to do that right now, but they are working on one of these uh, scripted television series, you know, something for maybe Netflix or Amazon, something like that. Um, of course, what happens is, is what turns me around was my sister. I, I have like, there, there are three important people that I got, that got me from being this, this career criminal to a, a legitimate citizen. And the first was my sister. She, uh, she disowned me. Not because I was breaking the law. She just told me because of, of the stripper that I was dating. Uh, that was the line in the sand. So she hadn't talked to me for a year. I, I had uh, gotten engaged. I had been arrested. I had worked for the Secret Service. And then I had uh, went on the run, made the U.S. most wanted list, went to prison and escaped. And she hadn't talked to me. So after the escape, they, they, they arrested me pretty quickly after that. I'm at a county jail just being held there. They've got a 10-minute visitation. My dad... He comes to visit and he was like, son, can I do anything for you? And I'm like, yeah, dad, you can tell my sister I said I love her. So dad goes and he calls Denise. Denise is seven and a half hours away in North Carolina, pregnant. She gets in the car, drives. So seven and a half hours to come see her dumbass brother for 10 minutes to tell me she loves me. Um, after that, they send me out to West Texas. And I don't see her again for five years. So that took about two and a half years behind the fence. But. That is what initially got me to realize that you know, I'd always justified my crimes. I'd said, you know, I, I committed them for my family, for my wife, for my stripper girlfriend. It took about two and a half years for me to realize that, no, I, I victimized all those people because I chose to do it. So I get out. I'm released from prison in 2011, and I have no taste of breaking the law whatsoever. I'm on three years probation, which meant I could not touch a computer. No phone, nothing else. Can't have it. I had job offers from uh, Deloitte from no before fishing company, uh, from a couple of payment processors could not take them. Got to the point that I was applying for fast food jobs. No, that's a computer. I'm like, okay, what about a, a waiter's position? They're like, no, that's a computer and credit cards. Idiot. Get okay. So of course this is a point of sale system and it's not like the old days where they write up a paper thing and a paper check. And then you go to the physical manalog cash register there are no physical analog cash registers maybe there are but i understand the digital thing here they're afraid you're going to do something and hack their system we got more to come brett johnson with gene steinberg this is the tech night owl live Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 76280. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 76280. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Long and short of it is, and I have a relative who had a white-collar crime in his record, and he was restricted from owning a business and some other things for the five-year probation. So you obviously can't get jobs of anything related to computers, which is basically any job these days. Yeah, I, I, could, I didn't have a job, could not find one. So I'm, I'm borrowing money from my father, from my sister. I've got a roommate that's taking care of half the rent. I'm on food stamps so that I can eat. Didn't have any money. I got to the point I had a, uh, I had a cat, a small cat, and had enough money to feed my cat. And I didn't have any money to buy toilet paper for the apartment. So what I do, I go down to the dollar store. I buy the cat some food. On the way out, they've got this kiosk there that had some toilet paper on it. And that there, it's about a year and a half after I've been released. That was the first crime I committed when I got out. And what happens is, is about that same time, my wife now, Michelle, she ends up finding me. I've been dating the exact same type of women I had been dating. It's like I had a sign that said, you know, send me back to prison. But uh, she finds me. We start talking. We, we date. And I ended up moving in with her about two months after that. And finally, I, I get a job. And the only job that I could get was, was manual labor, pushing a lawnmower. And the only way that I got that, I had Michelle look on Craigslist for some ads. She finds this one for, for lawn care. And I call the guy and we're talking. He's like, come on, come down, come down and talk to me. So I go down and he's, he's basically, he's a, he's a one-man operation. He's, he runs his own business and he's needing someone to help out with that. So I'm sitting there talking to him for about 20 minutes. And finally, he stops and he's like, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, look, he said, you don't look like the type of guy who would do this type of work. And I'm like, okay. He's like, are you on the run or, or something like that? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. And I, I tell him everything you know, about my, my criminal past and everything. And when, when I get through, he looks at me. He's like, you know, he said, honestly, I'm going to have to think about it. I'm like, I understand. So I go back home. So two days later, I get a call and he's calling back and he's like, uh, look, he said, if I hire you, Will you actually work? And I'm like, dude, if you will give me a job, I'll work my butt off. So he gives me a job. I'm working 50 hours a week, 10 hours a day, pushing a lawnmower, $400 a week. And but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working my butt off, and I'm happy, man. I'm doing something. I'm actually, you know, I'm actually finally able to do something. Well, what happens is, is after a few months of that, it gets cold. When it gets cold, you can't mow the grass. And a lot of the reason that I break the law is I'm, I'm one of these guys that I have to buy love. It's not enough for me to tell someone, the important people, that I love them. I have to show it through buying some sort of expensive crap. Well, so the job ends, and that, that tick that I've got, it comes up. And I'm like, you know, I've got to do something. I've got to show Michelle that I'm worth it. And I get it in my head. I'm like, you know, at, at least at if nothing else, I can bring food in the house. So I get online, buy some stolen credit cards, use that to start ordering food to drop addresses, and I get called. I get called, and I go back to prison for 10 months. Uh, probation officer at the sentencing, he stands up for me, and he's like, you know, he's a good guy. We think this is just a one-time thing. Prosecutor stands up and literally says the exact same thing. Still, I got 10 months. I go back to Texas to prison, and what happens is, is that Michelle... She didn't question it. She didn't leave me. She didn't hesitate. I mean, she was just she was just right there. That's when I found out she didn't need me for what I could give her. 
she needed me for me. And I hadn't, I hadn't had that since, since we were kids, me and my sister. So I get out, we get married shortly after that. I'm no longer on probation. They killed all that. So I can touch a computer and I tell Michelle, I was like, you know, let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can actually find a job. So I get on LinkedIn of all places because no one will hire someone like me. I'm the guy who stole everything. So I get on LinkedIn, reach out to this FBI agent by the name of Keith, Keith Malarski. He's uh, like an FBI super cop. He actually retired four weeks ago, but he was involved with the uh, Silk Road arrests, with uh, my arrest, with all these other cybercrime arrests over the past two decades. Reach out to him and I send him a message. I was like, hey, man, I, I think the work you did was outstanding. You have nothing but my respect. And by the way, I would like to be legal. And within two hours, he responds, takes me under his wing, gives me advice, references. And that's the way it's been since that point. He was the first from there. It was uh, the card not present group. It was the head of the Identity Theft Resource Council from there. Microsoft comes in and hires. And today I speak all over the planet. I consult with the uh, largest companies in the world, with law enforcement, with consumer groups like AARP. Um, I've got a podcast at onlinefraudcast.com. That's what I do today. Is uh, we're working on a TV series, a couple of books. You know, I'm able to use the knowledge that uh, that I've got to help people avoid the type of person like I used to be. Well, looking at your past, especially when you're a kid and a parent is stealing, which is some kind of influence, even if you had the tendency, even if it was in your genes, that had to count for a lot. Your upbringing. A lot of people don't have best upbringings these days it's hard to survive so parents have to work a couple of jobs both parents sometimes to survive and who is left stranded the kids well you know i I kind of agree with that but the problem is is that my sister other than that one shoplifting incident she never broke the law again and i'm i'm well aware like denise goes off to be a great teacher she's a great parent uh just a pillar of the community that she lives in and I'm aware that other people have had much worse upbringings than I did, and they ended up just fine. While I think that, that the childhood gave me the tools that I would need if I chose to break the law, it was finally just my choice to do that. Uh, certainly, I can't control what happened as a child. You know, as a, as a minor, the, 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 the adults are supposed to be adults. And and protect the kid and, and make sure the kid has a good moral compass. But when I turned you know eighteen, it, it, that's on me at that point. So now we know you're doing well. How and I have to look at this like maybe you're like an alcoholic or a drug addict. You're compelled sure. to break the law. Is it your wife that helps you every single day? This has to be all legal now. When I left prison, and they tell everyone this when you leave uh, when you leave penitentiaries. They tell you that if you can get a job, if you can get something that you care about, the chances of you coming back really is pretty slim at that point. So what I did, that's why I had the cat. I got the cat so I'd have something to care about. Now, I didn't understand really what they were saying at that point in time. And it's not been really until 2018 that I finally fully understood what they meant by find something you care about. And, and that right there is 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 the life changer. I mean, now I've got a great family. I've got friends, for the real friends now for the first time in over 30 years. I've got people that I went to high school with that are that are finding me on Facebook and all these other social media platforms because they've heard that Brett finally turned his life around and they're they're expressing how happy they are about it and wanting to reconnect. I've got uh, I've got all these businesses that rely on me that that have given me a chance. I've got law enforcement that like I go in and I speak at Quantico 
I've got law enforcement that trust me enough to come in and speak to uh, their CISO Academy and things like that about how cybercrime works, how cyber criminals operate, their mindset and everything else. So it's, it's, I've got a lot, I've got a lot to care about. And I don't think that up until 2018, I never understood what that meant, but when you have something to care about, all of a sudden, it, when you if you ever think about breaking the law, that right there kills it completely. We got a couple more segments with Brett Johnson. And now, having brought you up to date on his past, let's talk about some of the things he tells all these companies to protect you. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump is proposing a new deal to Democrats aimed at getting Congress to pay for a wall along the border with Mexico. He says he's willing to compromise on many points. DACA, TPS, and many other things. Straightforward, fair, reasonable. He says the plan is needed to reduce crime. Criminals, drug smugglers, gangs, and traffickers do not stop at our border. They permeate throughout our country, and they end up in some places where you'd least expect them. Representative Vicente Gonzalez, a Texas Democrat, says many of the things the president stated are wrong. If you look at FBI statistics, McAllen is the seventh safest city in America. We had zero murders the year of 2018. We're one of the safest communities in the state and the country, so it's just factually wrong, statistically wrong. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money! 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 Money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call LendingTree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business. So you'll get loans with competitive interest rates. And in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call LendingTree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. That's 800-634-1315. NMLS number 1136. 
Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you never know what's going to happen next I'm going to hit you, Brett Johnson, with one very quickly, talking about hacking things. I had another security guy come on the show and tell me that you can get a device for $35, that if you're in proximity to somebody with a key fob from a car, you can probably clone it. Is that correct? Well, that is correct. I would say it takes some sort of technical sophistication to set up the device properly. The truth of the matter is, is that you can buy the device off of Amazon for roughly $35. And then there are tutorials and s- some schematics that will walk you through how to set up the device properly. That's one of the reasons in the UK, in the UK, that's, it's a huge issue in the UK because we've got the key fobs now. And a lot of people in the UK leave the key fob in the car. Now, I don't understand that. Of course, I don't live in the UK. Why would they leave the key fobs in the car? It's like leaving the door open. Well, sure. So if you if you look, uh, so I've got an F-150. And certainly you can leave, if you wanted to, you could leave the key fob in the car, but you could still get in the vehicle because there's that little number pad on the outside. And, and a lot of people tend to do that because they don't have to search for the key. They just leave the key in the car and lock the doors and everything. And then when they want to drive, they just get in and push the button and go. Now, the problem with that is, is that criminals understand that mentality. And it's pretty easy to go around at two to four o'clock in the morning with this little device and try to figure out who's got the key fob in the car, because the signal is going to translate. At least it sends a signal out enough that the criminal can walk by on the street and see who has a key fob in the car, program it, you know, kind of clone the, the fob at that point, get in the vehicle and run it. Um, that becomes the issue all, all of a sudden. So basically here, is it any car that can be cloned this way or only certain brands? It started, uh, the, the easiest one was Mercedes of all things. So it started with Mercedes. And I, there's a few other brands that work as well to do that. Uh, a lot of it has to do, so, so the, the device, if you have the fob in the house, is the fob going to send a signal out strong enough that the device will get it. And, and one of the ways you can test that is does your fob have the remote start feature on the vehicle? So how far away can you be and still start the vehicle? That's exactly how far away this device will work as well. All right, so a lot of people are starting to put their uh, their fobs in the microwave or someplace like that to keep the signal from being broadcast out to someone who may be trying to steal the vehicle. Now, the other way, if you don't have the 
remote start is if you just press the panic button, you'll hear the sure. car, you'll hear it go off, the alarm go off. Or if you press the trunk button, maybe the lights will flash before you open the trunk. There's Absolutely. always going to be a way. <laughs> that is that is an outstanding uh, piece of advice. I, I, I hadn't even considered that. I've got the remote start on mine. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do it from at least 100 feet away. So. You have to wonder why would they would want to do that. You have to think here that maybe the automakers can do more proactively to protect their customers, or do they feel that the loss of a certain percentage of cars from an accounting standpoint is fine? Well, the, the issue is, is that when, when you've got a company like that, you, you have a fraud department, but you've also, you've also got a marketing department, an engineering department, all these other separate departments. So when you're looking at something like the key fob, Fraud really doesn't have a say-so in that. Engineering comes up with that device. Everyone's like, oh, that's a great device. So that device, the signal that's sent out, isn't an encrypted signal. It's easy enough to intercept or clone that signal. Okay, and that, that's the entire issue. Now, if, if the developers actually have enough time to encrypt everything from end to end, you couldn't clone that signal. And we're seeing that now, that, that they understand, okay, these fobs, we didn't realize that criminals are going to use some sort of device to clone it and steal the vehicle. So it's an easy enough process to fix it. But the person has to go in and get a new fob. The uh, car manufacturer has to go ahead and, and remake all the fobs. So it becomes expensive. So it's, it's a little bit of all that that you mentioned as well. Okay, that's the car. Now let's go on. I'm going to ask you also another question here, whether it's possible or not, because I ran into this issue with Apple. We have two-factor authentication. So the way they had it work was that you log in with your email password. They then will offer to send a passcode to your smartphone, like your iPhone, for example. And you get that code by SMS, and then you enter that code to unlock your service. Unfortunately, if something happens to that phone, or if you decide, as I did, to give up that phone number, because I was getting too much telemarketing on it. I wanted another number. I've had enough. I had for a decade or something like that. Of course, you can never, ever get into that account. Or is there a way to break into an email account? I'm not asking for advice here. With two-factor authentication and no way to get the second factor. Okay, so so two-factor tends to run, today it tends to run in two different ways. The first way, way is either the two-factor is set up through email, so send an email message that you have to respond to or you'll have a code in the email. If you're doing two-factor like that, it is completely, completely useless because there's a thing called spear phishing, and, and that is basically a criminal sending a targeted email out to a victim. Spear phishing is 86% successful, so it's easy enough for me to gain access to your email login. Uh, 86% chance of that happening. If two-factor is set up via phone, you are you are absolutely right. If you get rid of that phone number, it is a chore, almost impossible to to get access to the account if you, if you lose the password and everything at that point. Uh, there are ways to do it. I was working, um, we worked with, um, I tangentially worked with Jose Canseco a couple of weeks ago. He had his Twitter account taken over, and I got him in contact with someone that knew someone at Twitter that had everything reset. So the process to, if you lose your two, your phone number, change it or whatever, the process of regaining access to an account can potentially take days or a couple of weeks to do that. And the, the hoops that you have to jump through are, oh my, because they keep asking you to, 
receive an SMS to the existing phone number. So you have to talk to fraud. You have to talk to uh, marketing. There are numbers of people that you have to talk to there and submit documents, submit ID verification, address uh, verification, everything else. And even then it becomes problematic to get it back. Um, Let me just jump in here. I was told by Apple, there is no way to get it back. I said, what if somebody hacks my account? There is no way that you can recover your access to the email account if you lose the second factor and you don't have what they call a recovery key, which is impressive. No way. There's no way they can do it. And I went back and forth through support. They said there's no way to get past it. My, my opinion on that is that you were dealing with some CSA agents that just didn't do their job properly. Uh, it is a chore to do it, but you can get it done. Uh, for example, when you set up your, your email account, did you have the security questions or no? In this particular case, I set up, and this is the Apple service, they had something called .Mac going back okay. to the early 2000s, and I set up the account. And I won't tell you what the email address is. I think most of you can guess it. <laughs> but later on, they decided to make these accounts all Apple IDs after iCloud was set up. The Apple ID is the email address you use to manage Apple's services and products, which I don't have any of those. I have a different Apple ID, which is an email address that I control fully on my server. This way, I don't run sure. into a problem. They automatically established two-factor on a lot of these services, anything related to iCloud. So I had to give them the phone number in entering and getting logged into the account. I had to give them that phone number. They claim they also have a recovery key somewhere, but I never saw it. And maybe I overlooked it. Maybe I printed it out and I don't have it now because right now I'm at a motel until I get a new place to go to. So all my furniture is in storage. I have no access to it. So in this particular case, I went through several levels and Apple said, even in the case of fraud, this is what they tell me. There is no way this can ever be recovered. Either you get access to the phone number again, even briefly, talk to your carrier, have them figure it out. But they can't do it. And I went back and forth for a couple of weeks on this, and they insist there's no way. And I went through several customer service reps, senior tech support representatives. No way, Jose, they tell me. More to come with Brett Johnson on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthrodex for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're giving Brett Johnson the insoluble problem. Does he know of a way to recover an iCloud or Apple ID account? where you no longer have access to factor number two, the verification factor. The next question that I would ask you is, you changed phone number, did you keep the same phone? It's a different phone. I still have that phone, it's not been returned. However, the number is no longer active on it. It has no number on it because no, no. there's no service on it. That's, that's fine. I, I still contend 
that if you spoke to the right person, I'll tell you what, I know some people over at Apple. We'll talk after this and I'll see if I can hook you up with the right person to get your account back. You may have to jump through some hoops, but we'll see if we can actually get it back for you. This is obviously something Apple does also for promotional purposes. How secure oh, yeah. the devices are, because that's the big thing they're pushing for. We're much more secure than Android. We are more secure than Microsoft. We're the best in the world. So I can see from a marketing standpoint, telling customers there's no way to do this or sure. making it so and, difficult and- that you have to go by a wing and a press. As a normal person here, going through my day-to-day business, using a credit card, debit card, paying for things online, dealing with customer, with point-of-sale computers at stores, at restaurants. Are there a few things I can do to protect myself? There are. The, the first thing you need to realize is that your information is out there, all right, period. There's no such thing as making sure that your information, your social, your date of birth, uh, other PII, personal information, is, is not out there. It is. Uh, last year, we had 1,500 reported breaches. Of those 1,500 just reported breaches, we had $2.6 billion records compromised. So your information is there. So if you understand that and accept that, then you have to get to the point of, okay, if a criminal has my information, what can I do to make sure that he or she can't use it? And there's some very simple things you can start by doing. The first is to freeze the credit of yourself and every single person in the house. Uh, Credit freezes became free on September 21st. So they're free as of September 21st, 2018. No longer costs you anything to freeze the credit or to thaw out the credit if you're applying for new credit someplace. So a credit freeze takes care of all new account fraud, just new account fraud. And by that, I mean a criminal cannot pull your credit report. He can't file for a new account for you or, or try to apply for a new account because the creditor can't pull the credit report without your specific permission. So it takes care of all account fraud. The problem with new account fraud is that New account fraud only accounts for 4% of all overall fraud. The other 96% is existing accounts. So you also have to monitor all accounts. And when I say monitor all accounts, that's exactly what I mean. Email accounts, merchant logins, bank accounts, credit card accounts, credit reports. You monitor all accounts and you also place alerts on the accounts where you can. The lowest dollar alert, for example, Discover card has a zero dollar alert, meaning that if a criminal just gets your Discover card information and he pings it to see if the card is still alive, you will receive a text message saying, hey, someone's trying to use my card and then you can do something about it. So you freeze credit, you monitor accounts. The other thing is how many people out there use the same password across multiple websites? I know most everyone out there does. Over 80 percent of everyone does that. Use the same password, use or you use a variation on that password. The problem is, is that we're never trained on how to come up with secure passwords. We're told to use so many characters, uppercase, lowercase, throw in a couple of symbols, and we've got a graph there that says weak, 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 weak. Finally, it says strong, and you're like, hey, it's strong. No idea how I got there, but it's strong. And we tend to use that password across multiple sites. Because you use the same password, criminals know that, they realize that, So if they can get your password to say your Hulu account, that password will work on your Bank of America account. That's called credential stuff, and it's one of the biggest trends right now in cybercrime. So what I say for people to do is use a password manager, something like LastPass 
something that that will take that out of your hands. You don't have to worry about coming up with a secure password. It picks one for you. You only have to remember one major password. Everything else is done for you. It will change the passwords. It logs on for you. Everything else at that point. Now, Apple's iCloud keychain can also offer to set up a strong password for you. It doesn't, unfortunately, always record it for another device. You have to go through a couple of hoops to check your list of stored passwords for that service. It will create that password. Let it do its stuff. Yeah, that's that's the only issue that I've got with with Apple's manager that's built in there is that sometimes it doesn't, you have to set it up on alternate devices as well. It's great. I love it. It's great. But use some sort of password manager. Uh, another thing is a lot of senior citizens out there because senior citizens are one of the big, big victims of cybercrime. The two, the two major victims, children, senior citizens. And the reason why is that neither one of those have have a very large presence online most of the time. Okay, and and a lot of a lot of them aren't very tech oriented. So what I also advise is there's nothing wrong if you live in a good neighborhood. Now I'm not talking if you live in assisted living or a nursing home or something like that. But if you live in a good neighborhood and it's just you and your wife or you and your spouse at, at home, there's nothing wrong with writing your passwords down in a notebook. There's not a thing wrong with that. That that's one of the things that some people kind of like, oh, you can't write them down. Well, you know what? It depends on the person. It depends on the environment. You certainly couldn't write, couldn't write them down if you were in, in assisted living someplace. You've got people coming in that might steal the passwords. But if you're living by yourself somewhere like that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's much better than saving the password in the browser or as a notepad on, on the screen on the desktop of the computer. Much better than that. And I've been to homes because I used to do computer consulting before Apple developed its retail chain and gave you free support with the Apple Genius. I worked and got money before the Apple Genius, and I go Mm -hmm. to people's homes and I want to log in. And I said, do you have the password you can give me? Or I'd have them type it in and I just shield my eyes. I don't want to know their password. (laughs) And they pick up a little post-it note on the side of the display. And I say, what if somebody comes in here or a repair person comes in here and looks around and sees your password, what Absolutely. do you do next? So if you keep it in a notebook instead, you've got the repair person coming in, you can take the notebook and whoever the repair person is never sees the passwords. And you know what? Put in a safe. Maybe you have a household safe. Absolutely. Because you know, if they're going to break in the safe and go through that and think it's important enough, maybe it doesn't matter if you lose a few things because your jewelry or whatever valuables you put in that safe will go long before the passwords do, especially if a criminal is doing this and they don't have a lot of time. Or maybe that's a stupid guess. What do you think? No, no. Actually, I thought I thought maybe you ran into there, but no, I think you're absolutely right. Criminals do not. Most crime is is a crime of opportunity, so it's done quickly. It's done with what's called low hanging fruit. It, the, the criminals do not target people who take just the bare necessity of security precautions. They want someone who has no idea about security whatsoever. So it's a crime of opportunity, and it happens quickly. Uh, you'll you'll have you know if you're doing if you will be to uh, to, to write your passwords down. The problem is, is that you get a repairman there, the repairman comes in and he just sees the password. Maybe he's not even thinking about breaking the law, but he sees the password and he's like, hey, let's see what they've got. And it goes from there. So it's, it's better to be safe than sorry on all these things. You know what? We're just about out of time. Brett Johnson, we can do this for a week and never run out of stories that you have to tell. Please tell our listeners if they want to know what you do and how you do it, where do they go? 
Sure, you guys can find me at anglerfish.com. That's A-N-G-L-E-R-P-H-I-S-H.com. Or you can listen to our podcast. It's right now just for merchants, but it's at onlinefraudcast.com. Thank you. And you can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Howl. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the crazy guy with the red plaid shirt. He still has the crazy red plaid shirt. Also, we offer a special service for those of you who really want to support the show. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We offer you a version of the show free of the network ads. You don't have to fast forward through them. No network ads, but you have to pay a tiny price every week or every month. $1.49 a week for $4.99 a month. We offer subscriptions for a full year. We offer subscriptions for five years and a lifetime. And that show has been on since 2002. Before there were podcasts, we had the Tech Night Owl Live. So don't forget that. A special thank you, Brett Johnson. Thank you so much for regaling us with your stories and giving us solid advice on security. Thank you. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.